1: What is going on, Laker fans? Thank you very much for being a part of the show. We'll go till 8 o'clock tonight. Got a lot of great topics we're going to get into around the Lakers. Jovan Buha, the athletic, who really had a couple pieces over the last uh, couple of days or so. Certainly made some headlines around the Lakers. So why not bring Jovan on and get his thoughts on what's going on around the Lake show? Just a quick breakdown of what we're going to talk about tonight. Um... I put up a poll yesterday about what would be a better fit for the Lakers, and I had a couple scenarios out there. If you were going to trade Russ, and I present you with a couple different scenarios, I'm curious to see what Laker fans think. Certainly on Twitter, I got um, uh, a good idea of what Laker fans would prefer if you're going to trade Russ. There was some conversation that the Lakers kind of standing pat as far as giving up draft compensation to go get Kyrie. I think there's a little game of poker being played by Rob on the front office. Could that backfire? How much should we pay attention to Bron and Russ not saying hello publicly at Summer League? I know that's been the conversation for the last couple of days, so I certainly want to give my thoughts on that. And then Darvin Ham talks about Russ from the Summer League. 26 years ago today, Kobe Bryant was introduced as a Los Angeles Lakers. So we got a t- ton of stuff to get into. Let me let me start off with the I think the one that continues to dominate the headlines. I guess it's quieting down a bit here. Um the news of will the Lakers make a trade? Will Russ still be on the roster? Uh what are their options if they do let's say the Kyrie thing doesn't go down? There was a plan B and Jovan Buha uh, spent a little bit of time, and again, I- I'm going to have him on at 7.30. But there was there was an article yesterday, and then I'm going to play this off the um, off the uh, poll that I put up there yesterday on Twitter. There was an article uh, late last week. It says, while LeBron James wants Kyrie Irving, some of the Lakers prefer Buddy Heald and Miles Turner, and some as in the front office, or at least some people within the organization. I, I want to actually just talk about this for a quick second because – I bought into something last year that obviously didn't work out. I bought into the, hey, go go get stars. Stars are so tough to get in the NBA that once you get them, that really is the kind of the foundational pieces you need to go make a championship run. I guess the argument is, well, how many stars do you really need? So last year, I felt like the Lakers were trying to combat with the Brooklyn Nets because they had three stars. James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant. And I thought part of the reason why the Lakers thought, hey, let's go see if we can flip some of the guys that we have, some of these role players, and go get another star. And they did. They went out and got Russell Westbrook. And I think over the last year it's kind of shown, if you saw the, the direction that the Lakers franchise went in, the direction that the Brooklyn Nets franchise went in, Damn, it, it it really did. I think it identified a few things. Number one, if you're going to have stars on a team, they all got to complement each other, especially if you're going to have three, right? Because the more stars that you have, there's only one basketball. So those players are accustomed to having the ball all the time or they're accustomed to being franchise players. Can you find a way to balance and juggle three stars when you only got five guys that are on the floor at the same time? And I think both of those franchises proved last year that the way they built their team was not the right way. Or at least the way that they built their team at this stage of some of these guys' career, it blew up in their face. It blew up in Brooklyn's face. They're now, after they traded James Harden at the trade deadline, then now they're in a position where KD wants out, and it sounds like it's all but certain that Kyrie's going to eventually move on as well. For the Lakers, I don't even need to tell you how that one blew up and you might even you know you might look at the lakers and say oh well they had some you know, they had some injuries and some other things that didn't go their way no they they really weren't a good team and even if ad and and lebron and russ all played together for an extended period of time i don't think that was a championship team and that's the key there is a championship squad when when brooklyn and and the lakers went out and traded last year in the offseason they were not trying to just get in the playoffs they were not trying to Make it to the Western or the Eastern Conference Finals. Vegas had him 1-2 as favorites to go win the whole thing. The reason why I bring that up, because a lot of the chatter has come out about going to get Kyrie. And it sounds like there's a plan B for the Lakers. And a plan B would be to go try to make a deal with the Indiana Pacers. The Pacers have been tied with the Lakers for quite a while, since the NBA trade deadline, because they had pieces that you thought could be of value to the Lakers and they had contracts that can actually make a rust for, at the time we were talking Malcolm Brogdon and Buddy Heald. Malcolm Brogdon obviously ended up with the Boston Celtics. But now it's shifted towards Miles Turner and Buddy Hill. So I put up this put this tweet yesterday. I guess I'm not too shocked by it, but what I'm surprised how, um, how unbalanced it is. The way I look at things at this point, you know, continuing to watch the, this iteration of the Lakers... Um, I'm not going to pay attention to previous, the way other teams were built, other championship teams were built. But for the Lakers, in this four years that you've had LeBron James, you had LeBron with a bunch of young players. It wasn't good enough. Then you went and traded for Anthony Davis. You had two stars, and you had legitimate role players all around. It was the the perfect example of building a championship team, and that's exactly what happened. They won won a championship in Orlando. After that, the Lakers have recycled their roster, and then this past offseason, they go out and get another star. This offseason, as we're still in the middle of right now, what they end up doing, the question really is, do you go out and get another star like Kyrie Irving, or do you just build your squad around a couple role players? Um, I think the NBA has shown you can win championships with obviously two big-time players and a bunch of role players. And there are a lot of teams, I think, taking more of that approach. Whether it's right, wrong, whatever the case is, um, we'll have to wait and see. And I think, you know, LeBron is always he's won different ways, different styles, different teams. I mean, he's been at three different stops, Cleveland, Miami, and the Lakers. He left with all all, all those franchises with an NBA championship. But I guess how you get there is the question. So the poll I put up, which would you rather see for us? A trade that's Kyrie Irving, the star player, plus it's going to be one of those other two players, which is Seth Curry or Joe Harris, because that's the only way you make the contracts work. Kyrie's not making enough to do a straight up trio, straight up trade for uh for us. So would you rather see the Lakers for us go get Kyrie and one of those two guys, or Miles Turner and Buddy Hield? Miles Turner, what is he? He's a fantastic defensive big man. Buddy Hield, uh, a sniper on the outside. Eighty-two percent of Laker fans, this is over 2,500 votes. 82% says, go get that star. (laughs) You know, it's kind of funny. Um, I thought it would be maybe more around 60%, 60, 40, something along those lines. But what's kind of funny to me, and Travis said this earlier, we were talking about it. I threw the question his way and I just, I didn't, I didn't throw the question his way to see what he'd rather see. I just threw the question to him based more upon um, who he thought Laker fans would, and he said he thought it would be more heavy towards a star. And I know we're star-driven, and I know the Laker franchise, that's that's what it's all about. Go get the big-time players. But I thought this one you could make a legitimate argument for, hey, you got a, a big man that's a defensive guy, he'll stay more inside the paint, AD could play more on the perimeter, and Buddy Hill, the Lakers have been supposedly trying to get Buddy Hill now for a couple of years. Nope, 82% wanted the headache that comes with Kyrie Irving. It's funny. I don't disagree because I'm on the Kyrie notion of this as well, but I'm on the Kyrie notion also predominantly because you're going to get another shooter with Kyrie. You're going to get legitimate, legitimate shooter in – a uh, Seth Curry or a Joe Harris that would come along with the deal. So you'd really be getting two fantastic shooters plus a playmaker. And the Lakers went out and they they got a couple of big men in the offseason. They got Damian Jones, and they went out and got Thomas Bryant, two young guys that I think are going to be basically playing off a trampoline. And Thomas Bryant has certainly been injured for a big part of the last couple of years, so we'll see if he can get back on track. But I feel like the Lakers kind of took care of the big men piece of things. Um, But I will say if the Kyrie thing doesn't go down and the Lakers went out and got Miles Turner and Buddy healed, uh, I would still think that's an incredible upgrade from where they are. I think the one thing with Kyrie, it gives you you that puncher's shot. It gives you that chance of potentially uppercutting somebody and, you know, you might be losing in a round, but bam – or you might be losing just in the boxing match, but one round goes your way and it could change the whole scope of things. There, there be a lot of things that have to go right with Kyrie. I would personally still roll the dice with Kyrie if that option is there. However, like I said, um, it, it, a little bit more of a little bit more lopsided than I thought it would be. I don't know when anything, by the way, is going to go down. I read something. Um, I read something a little bit earlier during the weekend that Mark Stein had wrote in his Substack newsletter that he does. I'm going to read this off here real quick. It said league league sources maintain that the Nets are, A, focused on trying to assemble um, a palatable Kevin Durant trade before proceeding to Irving scenarios, and b adamant in their resistance to taking back Westbrook in a theoretical Irving swap without for starters some first round first round draft compensation added by the Lakers um I've been hearing this for pretty much the last week and a half. you can almost call it two weeks now that the Lakers are they're going to be patient on this, that there are not a number of other teams that are involved, and that the chances of going to get Kyrie are in their favor because Kyrie wants to be with the Lakers that LeBron wants Kyrie to come to the Lakers, and that the Nets really don't have too many other teams to deal with. Um, the best way to describe it, you know, if you're somebody that plays poker, it seems like Polenka is trying to take advantage. He feels like his cards are stronger than the Brooklyn Nets, so he's going to take his time. Now, maybe it has nothing to do with that. Maybe it has all to do with the KD thing has got to get figured out first. The only thing I say, and I think I mentioned this last week as well, I... I worry a little bit when you're playing the whole, well, we'll just wait it out then. Because maybe today there aren't any suitors for Kyrie, but I don't know if that could change tomorrow. I don't know how that can change things down the road. Maybe KD gets traded, and once he gets traded, other teams panic a little bit and think they need to get in the Kyrie sweepstakes. So until, uh, until we get some more information, I mean, if you're telling me that the Lakers, they come back next season with Russ or they trade Russ, and they get Kyrie a shooter and they have to give up you know, one of those picks that they have, 2027 or 2029, it sounds like you take your chances in that type of predicament all day long. We'll see how things uh, shake out. But the people have spoken. They do not want Buddy Heald and Miles Turner. They would much rather have Kyrie and one of those shooters in Brooklyn. We'll see how uh, things eventually play out. Um, all right, this has uh, kind of dominated the headlines at least today. How much attention should we pay to this LeBron and Russ not interacting at Summer League? I want to give my thoughts on that because I'm not one, as you guys know me, I'm not one to try to create drama out of nothing. I prefer just being a straight shooter. The reality is, I look at this situation, this predicament, I don't know how you not make this a big deal. I'll tell you what I'm talking about coming up next. If you want to be a part of Lakers Talk, 877 710 ESPN, 877-710-ESPN. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN.
0: Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be.
1: I appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Hopefully everybody enjoying their... Monday evening on this uh, fantastic, what are we, middle of July already here in the summer. Uh, We're talking Lakers basketball. We'll go to 8 o'clock, and um, uh, Yovan Buha, the Athletic, is going to come join the show. Let me grab one quick call. We had the topic a little bit earlier about Kyrie to the Lakers or the Miles Turner and Buddy healed. Um, There was a a conversation, uh, there was an article in the Athletic talking about how LeBron would prefer the Kyrie trade, but some other people in the front office would prefer Miles Turner and Buddy Hield. Let's go to Ishmael. Ishmael, what's going on? Appreciate you calling in.
2: Hey, how you doing today? Um, okay, buddy. Love you. Love what you do, bro. Um, my long story short, in my position, I'm a Sacramento Kings fan. Live in Sac, and I've seen Buddy Hield play. I've seen how he works, and then also Miles Turner. I agree. You guys need a shooter. You guys miles Turner will help you know the defense all that kind of stuff, but in my situation, I'm looking at the next thing
0: Kyrie's a shooter, Kyrie's a ball handler, and then you also if you get Joe Harris
1: or Seth Curry, you also get a shooter, yep,
2: so my question is why does everybody wanna is
1: on Buddy yield so much so i I think this by the way, I appreciate you calling in and it's good to get actually a king's perspective because you're a you're somebody that's watched Buddy Hield with them for years. Um, I think it comes down more to this. I think Buddy Hield has been a conversation for a number of years because, remember, Russ being traded to the Lakers last year it almost was uh, Kuzma going to Sacramento and Buddy Hield coming to Lake It was a different deal that almost got done, and that's been the attachment with Buddy Hield. On top of that, um, the Lakers have been so bad from the three-point line and they really haven't had some type of a sharpshooter. I think that's there's been that attachment as well, that you thought Buddy Heald was potentially going to be a Laker. Uh, you're not wrong on the you-can-get-two-straight-up shooters. I did a show, I think it was right before 4th of July, or maybe it was the day after the 4th of July weekend, whatever it was, with Brian Kamenitzki, and Brian kept saying, he's like, you're not getting one shooter, you're getting two. Kyrie Irving is a legit shooter in the league, um, he's somebody that, that shoots from a high percentage. He's not just a three-point shooter. We obviously know he's got a mid-range, can get to the basket, finish with his left, finish with his right. I, I do think that's what um, you know most people gamble on on that side of it. I, I think really ultimately what it comes down to more than anything else is the fact that he's Kyrie Irving and that Kyrie has shown over the last few years, why are teams excited to get rid of Kyrie? Why? why? How does that happen? How can you be that talented and teams are fine to say, okay, Kyrie's gone, sounds good. Um, Kyrie left Cleveland and Cleveland has had great success here specifically last year. Uh, Kyrie left Boston Celtics got to the NBA Finals. I'm not trying to tell you that where he leaves those teams are more successful because he's gone, but it's also not a coincidence that you lose a all-star caliber player and your team doesn't miss you. It doesn't happen often. You're supposed to be missing the guy that left. You're supposed to rebuild if that player is that impactful of a guy and Kyrie hasn't been the case. Listen, here's the best way to put it. I think Kyrie gives you an opportunity to hit a home run. A lot of these other guys give you opportunities to hit base hits. And I think, you know, the question comes down to what do you think the Lakers need more, and and we'll see what eventually happens on that front. I do want to get into, I mentioned this, um, this, uh, this chatter these last couple of days about LeBron James and Russell Westbrook, who were both at Summer League, at least publicly, there's nothing. Um, you never saw those two guys, and Jovan Buha, who's going to come on here in a few minutes. Um, this is I'm going to I'm going to just read a specific quote from Jovan in the piece that he wrote. But with all the eyes in the arena, and TV, and social media on James and Westbrook, it was interesting, if not telling, that they never publicly interacted, especially when considering their bromance at Summer League less than 12 months ago. Um, I mentioned this earlier today, and I'm gonna I'm gonna mention this again. I, I'm not one to try to tr- you know stir up. Oh my gosh, what does this mean? I'm not. I, I I prefer not to do. When I get a chance to get on a mic and talk Lakers basketball, I prefer that is not my style. However, I cannot sit here and tell you that I don't think it's not a big deal. Like, why wouldn't they just say hello? Why wouldn't, why wouldn't Russ go to Braun and say, what's up, Braun? How we doing? Everything good? Cover his mouth a little bit. Do like the other athletes do. It's the cool thing to do. And uh, have a little quick little side conversation. And they go back their way and there's no conversation. However, they don't publicly say anything to each other. You guys see Braun when he walks into this summer league. This isn't the first year. This is every time. It's LeBron freaking James. Everybody goes up and says, what's up, to Braun. Everybody. Um, I think I saw photos. He was there with Kurt Rambis. There with obviously Polenka. Obviously there with Darvin Ham. For for all I know, maybe they were saying what's up to each other in the back. I don't know. I don't have that. Um, I don't have that. You know, knowledge if that was the case. One left. I think at halftime. Russ left at halftime. Braun left at the end of the third quarter. Um, I'm I'm not sure. You know what happens eventually with Russ. But what I can tell you, Russ has been a big time conversation around the Lakers over the last year, a lot of it negatively. And I'm not also pinning everything on Russ. We know how basketball works. It takes a number of guys for things to work. It takes a number of guys for things not to work. Russ didn't work on the Lakers, period. And they had other issues, and they had other problems, and nobody's trying to deny that or question that. However, um, the way I look at this, that those two are not connecting – When you got Darvin Ham going out of his way, too. I mean, I don't know if you guys read some of those quotes or listened to Darvin Hamm um, talking about Russ from Summer League, uh, obviously when he had his press conference. But um, he's going out of his way to talk as if Russ is on this team. You know, one of the quotes that he finished, so I'm excited as hell to have Russell Westbrook on our team. And that was before him complimenting other things about Russ, challenging him of what he's got to do, Really challenging, you know, the th- the three stars, LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Russ. Um, but there's so much attention on those two players. There's so much attention on a day-to-day basis on LeBron James. And-, and the Russ piece of not working in L.A., that's a conversation that we have almost every single day in Sports Talk Radio here in Los Angeles, and that's not counting what First Take is doing and Undisputed and all these other, you know, TV shows that are out there. And the fact that they don't, we don't see anything of those two who are in the building, uh, saying what's up to each other. I don't think that's nothing. You know, Travis, I thought was making a good point uh, earlier today. He was talking about how LeBron is so calculated in everything, really throughout his career. He's very calculated. LeBron doesn't just do things just to do them. LeBron knows what he's doing. He knows what he's saying. He's doing stuff in the background. He's an incredibly Incredibly intelligent man on and off the basketball floor. Not just, oh, where he's just a basketball player and that's it. No, the guy is calculated. He understands that he can do things that either stir the pot, he can do things because he's trying to get something done, whatever the case is. I think it was interesting that those two had zero, uh, publicly, had zero type of. Um, uh, really connection, I guess, is the best way to put it. Now, we might walk into uh, training camp, and Russ is still on the Los Angeles Lakers, even though I, I, every single day I go kind of back and forth on this. I thought when the season ended last year, Russ ain't coming back. And then you heard his exit interview. I'm like, Russ is definitely not coming back. Then Darvin Hamm gets announced as the coach, and Russ is there at the presser. Specific questions addressed. To Darvin Ham about Russ, Travis and I were doing our show in the morning. We were broadcasting live from the Lakers facility, and we got a few minutes with Darvin Ham, and we asked, you know, a specific question about Russ, and every single response, you know, Darvin Ham gave the indication like he's supposed to do. He's, you know, obviously not going to play it any differently, but he's really some of his quotes really talk about you thinking Russ is going to be on the Lakers, and then as free agency starts, and now we spend the last couple of weeks listening to Brian Windhorst. Sham uh, Sharania or Sham Sharania um Woj Chris Haynes think of all the big time reporters Mark Stein that cover the NBA and all of them there is chatter and news about potentially a Russ being traded so I don't really know I guess today I would lean more towards that he's still not going to be on this team but I go back and forth on all this and I thought uh I think it was Friday night summer league game of the Lakers that he was that that those two did not interact doesn't really bode i think very well that there is uh there's a you know a confident future between those two guys and russ continuing to be here could i be wrong absolutely could they have spent 15 minutes in the tunnelway having a conversation for all i know they met up for dinner right after summer league right after that game but all we could do is just kind of talk about what we saw and the fact that they didn't interact I thought was interesting. Jovan Buhas coming up next. He covers the Lakers for The Athletic. Thanks for being a part of the show. Stay right here. Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN.
0: Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Must be 21 plus and present in present and select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
1: All right. thank you for uh, being a part of Lakers Talk. I want to welcome in Yovan Buha of the Athletic, a frequent guest here on the show. Yovan, hope uh, things are going well, my man. I know you've been down at Summer League. Um, let me let me start with this. I, I put out a poll, and a lot of this was actually coming from the article that you wrote. Uh, A couple of days ago or so you you had put out there that there was some interest that LeBron would be more interested in the Kyrie side of things, but some other personnel might have some more interest in Miles Turner plus Buddy Heald before I ask you a little bit more details on that. What percentage do you think of Laker fans, I just put out who would you rather see for Russ, the Kyrie plus one of those two shooters, or Miles Turner and Buddy Heald, what percentage do you think, how do you think that, that was split up?
2: Uh, I would say, I don't know, 75-80% of Laker fans would prefer Kyrie.
1: So 82%. So literally 82. Okay. as as close as you can get. Um does that surprise you at all, or is that is that, I guess you could say, what you think most Laker fans would think is a better fit? And then also just you know your thoughts when you wrote that article. Um, where do we kind of stand of where the Lakers are as far as not just preference, but just in general, plan A and plan B? Yeah,
2: I mean, I, I don't think it comes as a surprise just because I think this is a Star-driven franchise. It's a star-driven fan base. You know the, the Lakers have always chased the stars, and, and more often than not, they've gotten them. So them preferring Kyrie Irving, and I really think, you know, and I know you, you mentioned it, um, you know, kind of in the, the lead into this, but that, that second player in the Nets trade is really interesting to me because that that person, especially if it's a Royce O'Neill, if it's a Joe Harris. That player, I think, immediately is a starter and immediately becomes the Lakers' best non-LeBron wing uh, on the roster. And you know that you know not is obviously not as valuable of an addition as as Kyrie would be, but uh, I think really you know whether it's Royce, who's a bit of a three-and-D wing, or Joe Harris, who's one of the best shooters in the league, like those two addition, you know, either one on the wing would would really bolster. Uh, I think the, the Lakers perimeter group. So um, I, I totally see why fans would prefer that. I think if you, if you're ranking the possibilities um, I still would put Kyrie at the top for, for myself as well. Um, but from what I have heard and, and uh, just in conversations throughout the you know, summer league, like it feels like the, the sides are at a stalemate right now, you know, that there isn't much uh, there's not much urgency to get a deal done just because I think for the Lakers, there's a little bit more urgency because you have LeBron's extension date looming in, in early August. But for the Nets, like their priority is figuring out Kevin Durant and, you know, where, where's he going? What type of package can we get back from him? Uh, you know, for him and rather. And then once they move KD, it's about, okay, now let's turn our attention to Kyrie. But really, I mean, their big haul is going to come from what they get for Kevin Durant. And I think that is really going to determine the direction of that franchise. So that's kind of their focus with the Lakers. Their package isn't going to change. So whether it's Russ and THT or Russ and Kendrick Nunn, plus a first and and maybe a couple seconds, like that package is going to be there tomorrow versus four weeks from now, eight weeks from now, 12 weeks from now. Like, I don't think the Lakers offer is really going to change. So I think it, for Brooklyn, their priority really is figuring out Kevin Durant. And that's where I think you can maybe see kind of a holdup in this. But, um, you know, m- my example of, of the Indiana deal is, you know, I, I know the, the Lakers and Pacers have talked. And I know there are some people in the organization who would prefer to avoid Kyrie and, and just stay away from the potential. You know, this is a guy who. Though he is a better player than Russell Westbrook, you know availability has been an issue for him over the last few years, and there's also been a certain level of drama off the court that has come with having Kyrie Irving on your team uh, that that maybe Russ doesn't provide. So I know some people internally w- would prefer a different trade, you know, b- between multiple options, but you know the most important thing is LeBron wants Kyrie; he's pushing for that behind the scenes, and ultimately, if that trade ends up happening, that's why I think it's going to, you know occur because that's what LeBron wants and um, we saw last offseason he got Russ and you know if they get Kyrie I think he's going to be the driving force behind
1: that. Kyrie and drama impossible (laughs) impossible Um, there was uh, Mark Stein wrote on his subsec newsletter which he does a fantastic job as well Uh, one of his quotes in there was um, for starters some first round draft compensation needs to be added by the Lakers this is talking about if in just the the potential of getting Russ, Um, do you see any deal that does go down, if the Lakers are, to go uh, get uh, Kyrie Irving, um, or really any of these deals, even a plan B? Is that something that you feel like a lot of these other teams are are saying, at least in their mind, that draft compensation has to be included? And how hesitant are the Lakers to give up um, one of those draft picks?
2: Yeah. So, from what and and I reported this, um, you know, a a few weeks ago, from what I had been told, basically any conversation with with, you know between the Lakers and another team starts with we want at least one first round pick to take on Russell Westbrook's contract. So that that is kind of the starting point of of any negotiation. Whether the Lakers trade uh, Russ for Kyrie. Or trade him for Buddy Heald, Miles Turner, or, or maybe Charlotte for Gordon Hayward. You know, any of those packages. Expect to see a first round pick, be it 2027 or 2029, being attached to Russell Westbrook to incentivize one of those teams to take him on. Or potentially, um, you know, I think a, a more realistic option might end up even being two first round picks, where you know, if if Brooklyn, for example, doesn't want to take on Russ maybe a third team steps in be it San Antonio or Oklahoma city sure. and they help facilitate a three team deal, but they're not just going to take on Russ for nothing. Right. And Brooklyn has no incentive necessarily to, to help facilitate that as well. So I think in that case, maybe you see Oklahoma city gets a first round pick and then Brooklyn also gets a first round pick. So I think in any Russ trade, it's going to require draft compensation. Um, from what I've been told, the Lakers do not want to give up that second first round pick. I think, I think if they were willing to do two first round picks, uh, Kyrie would be a Laker right now. You know, that, that I think that, you know, that's as good of an offer as Brooklyn's realistically going to get for Kyrie is two first round picks, a big expiring and Russ, like, you know, I, I think that deal would have gone down had the Lakers been, been willing to do that up to this point. Uh, but I think that the haggling really is on that second piece where, I think the Lakers are prepared to send Russ plus another player plus a first-round pick to Brooklyn, but you know Brooklyn wants a second pick, and Lakers would would like to send maybe a, a you know a second-round pick, two second-round picks, something like that. So I, I think that's where the, the haggle point is in, in these negotiations, uh, and then also kind of what player the Lakers are going to be getting back from Brooklyn. But um, I, I know you know the Lakers, I think that they've had some egg on their face in the past with with some of the deal you know giving up as many picks as they did in the ad trade and and just sort of their casualness with first round picks in the past sure uh, i think they view it as something they got to retain so uh, i see why they don't want to give up i also think they look at it like we're the only ones really bidding for kyrie right now like why are we bidding against ourselves but at the end of the day i think it might just come down to are they willing to put in a second pick and if not they're just not going to get Kyrie. But, um, you know, there's, this is kind of changing, you know, by the minute, by the hour. So I, I think there's a lot of moving parts here. But um, from what I've been told, it, it sounds like that second pick is really the haggle point.
1: Jovan, I'm curious here. And Yovan Yo, Buha from The Athletic taking some time to join us here on Lakers Talk. I'm curious. I, I want to. There's another question I want to ask you, but I want to get off this one for a quick second. So I was mentioning a little bit earlier in the show that there is, I keep hearing there, well, the Lakers. They don't want to negotiate against themselves. That yeah. they are there isn't a line of teams. There isn't a you know a three four other teams lining up to come say hey we want Kyrie. Is there a little poker in this where, not even poker, is it risky because if hypothetically the off season continues, another team's goals can change. And I'm talking about a team outside of the Lakers. Maybe another team wants to now all of a sudden jump into the Kyrie sweepstakes. Maybe a KD trade goes down, and now that the dust settles, other teams say, "Hey, you know what? Let's go make a play at Kyrie." Is there how, how much risk do you think there is in holding back? And us, I, f- I feel like I keep hearing this: the Lakers are negotiating against and against nobody. Is that a risky proposition to play?
2: Yeah, because you know teams, other other teams. Uh, you know, Dallas has been reportedly in the mix. Miami, uh, those teams can can come in and, and make counter offers and, and potentially throw in more picks and uh, offer expiring contracts to to kind of match the salary. And in that case, you know, it, it doesn't really become about the caliber of player you're offering. It's really just you know who's offering me the most draft assets, and, and that's kind of what Brooklyn. Uh, is looking for I mean I think the, the KD trade is, is really going to be important just because it's going to dictate like is Brooklyn going for a full rebuild and just hey let's get a young star and and a bunch of picks and let's build around him or are they trying to remain competitive in the east and, and maybe go for uh, a little bit more of a you know kind of player heavy deal where they, they get multiple rotation guys back maybe one star and maybe not as much picks so I, I really think the the KD trade is going to kind of dictate What type of move they're looking for with Kyrie? Uh, But yeah, I mean, uh, you know, uh, Miami obviously is one of the teams on KD's list. And if KD goes to Phoenix or he goes elsewhere and not Miami, they could easily pivot and you know offer a better deal than the Lakers can. You know, that that is one of like the the Lakers are currently negotiating against themselves. But once KD is off the board, that could change at any time. And all of a sudden. Their lack of, of movable draft picks becomes an issue. So uh, again, like I, I think there's kind of a gridlock right now where there, there's so many things that are tied up in this Katie situation. I mean, DeAndre Ayton, the Phoenix Suns, the Pacers. Like there's all these kind of ripple effects that are going to happen once Katie gets moved. And of course, I think uh, Kyrie and the Lakers are, are right there as a ripple effect.
1: Um, Yovon, final one for you. And as always, man, we uh, always appreciate your time. Um, the the you had put out an article about you were tweeting about it on Friday night. Um, LeBron and Russ don't interact <sighs> at the uh, at the game. Um, by the way, is that you know I, I was I was thinking about this myself. I'm like, for all I know, I don't know. Maybe they went to dinner after the game. For all I know, they interacted in the tunnel. I I literally have no idea. Um, and and if you have you know more light you can shed on that, feel free to. But. Is it telling? I mean, what, what do you walk away with that those two don't interact, especially in the summer league? I feel like everyone comes up to each other. I feel like, you know, for those listeners that are there or listeners that have gone out to the summer league, it's a really relaxed environment. It's not like your regular, regular season game or a playoff game. GMs are there and coaches and guys are saying hello and media members are doing whatever they're doing. Um, what do you make of the two not interacting? How do you kind of perceive that?
2: I, I think the, the natural reaction is to to maybe kind of dismiss it and, and say, you know, oh, well, this is just maybe the, the media kind of creating a story or, you know, what's the big deal? And, and we don't know what they did behind the scenes. but We would never you know, do that. I, I can,
1: we would never uh, do that. Yeah,
2: I can guarantee if they were hanging out in the hall, like, you know, the, the, the access at Summer League is, is much better, sure. you know, yep. especially for the team. So the, they're documenting everything. So if those guys are meeting in, like – I don't think the Lakers love that you know, this kind of became a story either. So I, I think had those two privately interacted, maybe in, in you know the, the bowels of the arena, mm. like that would have been a, a photo or a video that the That's Lakers right. would have put point. out on social. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, it was it was just telling because I, I had a direct seat behind LeBron James, just kind of by, by luck. I, I sat down in the front row. I would call it more strategic. Right before <laughs> uh, right before, right before tip off, LeBron comes out and. And really LeBron coming to summer league, especially since he's joined the Lakers and we we know the Lakers uh, like Laker fans dominate summer League where you know the Lakers are the home team uh, at summer league and ever since LeBron has been in l a it has been a spectacle every single you know summer league where that first weekend LeBron makes this grand entrance you know remember his first year joining the Lakers he comes in those five hundred dollar right. shorts, shorts the, the bright yep. the bright gold ones then his second year is they just got AD, and now he's sitting with AD and Kuzma. And it's like, okay, the Lakers, are, you know, the Lakers are back. They've reloaded. They got that second star. Hmm. Third year, no no Summer League because of the pandemic. Fourth year, which was last year, he comes with Russ, and he sits with Russ courtside, and they're buddy-buddy, and, and you know the, they're watching the game together. So to go from that, which wasn't even 12 months ago because Summer League was in August last year, to go 11 months later, and these guys are in the same building, and sitting on opposite ends of the court and they do not interact at all i think there's something there and, and it might not be much it might be a small thing but you know to me to me again sitting right behind lebron it was like this guy was the godfather and everyone was coming up to him pregame everyone was coming course. Up to him at halftime you know rob polinka darvin ham his teammates uh, e- e- other nba players like everyone's coming up to lebron he- he's a magnet uh, for for attention and just you know respect and all that stuff Russ is the one guy that doesn't come up to him. And I just, it's hard to, you know, just inherently, if LeBron is driving the the push to get Kyrie, that means he's also driving the push to get Russ out of there. And I think, you know, Russ is a prideful guy. We we know this. We we know what he thinks of himself. And uh, I can't help but think that, you know, he would have some hard feelings about that. So, uh, you know, I I thought he was trying to be a good teammate, sitting next to the bench, you know, getting at the huddles a little bit and, and trying to coach those guys up, which was, I'm sure good to see that he's at least kind of embracing a bit of that role. But at the same time, like, you know, LeBron is the most important Laker. And if those two don't get along, that's going to be a storyline, you know, at some point. So uh, yeah, uh, to me, um, you know, I think sometimes that stuff can get overblown, but, but as you said, guys always come to summer league together, you know, teammates come together, they sit together, they chop it up, they, they hang out. And the fact that those two guys were there and did not interact, and those guys aren't stupid either. They know people are going to be talking about this. Sure. You know, they, they both sure. know how this works, So, especially LeBron, right? So um, I, you know, the fact that they did not interact to me, there's something there. And, again, it might not be much, but I think it's a little icy right now.
1: Yo, Vaughn, uh, appreciate it, buddy. Always appreciate your time and uh, your insight. Fantastic job just covering the summer league and obviously coming up with some, uh, some great stories. So thank you very much for taking the time to join the show.
2: Appreciate it, man. I'll talk All right, to you buddy.
1: Soon. That's Jovan Buha right there of the Athletic, making it happen in the summer league. Uh, when we come back, I got some final thoughts I want to uh, give on a couple things here. Number one, Kevin Garnett had some thoughts about Anthony Davis on this year, 26 on this day, 26 years ago. Kobe, Kobe was introduced as a Laker, and it looks like Lakers will retire Paul Gasol this upcoming season. They'll retire his jersey. All that coming up next. Stay right here. Lakers Talk, 710 ESPN. A right, quick shout out. Thank you to uh, Laura Romo back in the studio, Mario Ruiz, Michael Funches. Everybody helping out with tonight's show. Um, so I got a couple of things I want to get into here real quick as we come to the end of the show. Twenty six years ago today, Kobe Bryant was introduced to the Los Angeles Lakers. ESPN and uh, ESPN did a really cool piece they put on Instagram. And it just says that 26 ago, Lakers acquired rookie Kobe Bryant from the Hornets. The rest is is history. But they're actually doing his his jersey, um, you know, where they're introducing him as a Los Angeles Laker. That happened 26 years ago today. It's crazy. I was talking about this with uh, Travis Rogers this morning. And, look, we, we know Kobe was Kobe. Uh, the guy was relentless as far as wanting to win. No, no, I, I don't want to just play for a team. And, and by the way, there was this kind of this combination. Not only did he want to win, and at the beginning stages of his career, it took some time. Not just him. I mean, him, Shaq, and who was it? Dale Harris. That was a coach of the Lakers. Um, nothing happened the first couple of years. Then Phil Jackson comes, and everything changes from there. Uh, but it's crazy to kind of think we we're talking about it earlier today. If he, if he, let's just stay. Let's just say stayed in Charlotte what would his career have been? And I don't think he'd have stayed very long because Kobe was one of those players that, all right, if it ain't happening here, I'm, I'm going to request, I'm going to try to do everything I can to get traded. I mean, hell, there was a time Kobe was requesting a trade from the Lakers, and that was after three NBA championships. Um, so much, I think, of individual success. Not in every scenario. But I think the NBA is a good example if you can get with the right franchise that has the ambition to win – The way the Lakers and Dr. Jerry Buss had an ambition to win. The way Kobe had his ambition to win. You marry those two things together. It's the best combination that you can have when it comes to sports. Because I know there are many franchises. I'm not telling you that they don't want to win. They don't know how to. They don't understand. Imagine if Kobe was drafted by the Sacramento Kings or Charlotte or Washington. or I know Charlotte essentially was drafted by them. Washington or something along those lines. And he didn't get traded to the Lakers. Um, so much of, I think that combination of both really just, uh, not allowing anything other than success is 26 years ago today. Kobe introduced as a Laker, um, Pal Gasol. I always, you know, sometimes kind of link Kobe and Pow together. So Pau Gasol's number 16 Jersey could be retired during the 2022, 2023 NBA season. Um, you know, I, I, this is kind of an interesting one, um, We'll kind of see what happens. There was a little bit of, you know, hey, could this happen? Could it not happen? We'll we'll see what eventually happens. I don't want to make too many assumptions here. But sometimes I'm not a fan of, you know, kind of the, the way it usually works is you wait a certain amount of time before a team actually retires your jersey. I kind of hate that rule. I really do. Uh, I know it wasn't. This wasn't the case for Kobe. Cope got his jersey retired right out the gate the next year. I get it, Cope. That's a completely different standard, and and um, and and it makes sense to do it. Sometimes I hate when you got to wait four, five, six years, something like that, when you eventually retire a player. If you know you're going to retire that player, make it happen. Let you don't have to disconnect that player from the game for so long, or disconnect that player from the fan base for so long. Because I do feel like over time you know, out of sight, out of mind, it kind of loses a little bit of its uh, of its power or its strength. So um, hopefully that ends up happening. We'll see what happens. I don't really have too much more details on it, but I did see that that could uh, be something that happens. And then the last thing I'm going to get into before we close out the show, KG calls out Anthony Davis, wants him to go for the MVP. Um, I've said this before, I'll say it again, and I like it coming from Kevin Garnett. Um, every Laker fan, all they want to see is Anthony Davis be in the conversation as a top five player in the league again. We'll see if it happens. I gotta believe it to see it. I gotta believe it. For, I gotta see it first before I believe it. We'll see what happens. Laker fans, always appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Go on the pod and grab it if you didn't get a chance to get the show. Have a great rest of your night.